2: Let's get it going on the Arrowhead Attic podcast, a part of the fan side of the podcasting network and arrowheadaddict.com. I'm Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Sterling Holmes. Sterling, you can find him on Twitter at K C, But Sterling, how are you doing today?
1: Doing well. Hey, doing, doing well. Uh, getting ready to head to Indiana. Uh, see my grandpa, a uh, little little country living for a week. So uh, I'm pretty excited, actually.
2: I'm excited, too, because it allows us to get this episode out earlier in the week than normal. So it's going to be fun. We're going to talk all about some more contracts and also about name changes and all that fun stuff. But Sterling, you know, how was this past week treating you?
1: Been good. Pretty much just quarantining. Uh, you know, I've I've gone back to the quarantine lifestyle hanging at home, reading books, watching supermarket sweep, uh, which they added oh, that's to that which is out. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely outstanding. So uh, mostly doing that because again, I want to see my grandpa. So I figured uh, might as well just quarantine, uh, make sure I, uh, I stay safe, head there, going to play some basketball outside and uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
2: Man, I, I hope that you have a good time with your grandpa. I know that this time is, is, stressful for people you know with, with grandparents and visiting family and trying to take all the precautions necessary but let's talk some football let's do it let's let's put a bow on, on the chris jones and, and the patrick mahomes contract and i have four questions for you uh, to wrap up those topics the first question in four years from now the chiefs will have how many super bowls
1: i'm gonna say two more
2: Two more Super Bowls. I I did the Super Bowl question under the four-year category. I think that's a little bit easier to project to the NFL. Listen, the NFL year-to-year year changes dramatically, but it's much easier to project it four years from now than 10 years from now. So you're going to go two Super Bowls. How many AFC championships? Do they do they always get there in this four-year run, or are you predicting maybe maybe a random year where you don't live up to those expectations?
1: Yeah, I would probably say... Oh, If I had to put an exact number, I'd probably say three AFC championships, two Super Bowls. It's weird saying this because I don't want to sound like it's it's cocky. You know, I don't want to come off saying, oh, they're going to win every single Super Bowl, every single AFC championship. No, you know, stuff happens. Uh, Things change. The Ravens could have a really good game. The Chiefs could all of a sudden have something wonky go, you know, in, in a playoff game you got to take stuff into account. I I feel like two and three, while it may seem cocky to an outsider's perspective, I think that's probably the most realistic outlook for Kansas City and, and the Chiefs right now as far as what is the most realistic outlook. Probably taking into account those wonky playoff games, two Super Bowls and three AFC championships seems extremely realistic.
2: And you look at this team, they're set up for these four years. So there's a reason that this is a four year deal for Chris Jones. And in Kansas City, I mean, how exciting is it that these four years you're going to be a Super Bowl favorite? I mean, you're going to be a legitimate Super Bowl favorite for four years. I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to agree. They get two Super Bowls in these four years, uh, barring injuries, of course. If this team is fully healthy, if they don't have the random one off injuries or, or the devastating injuries, then they're going to get two Super Bowls. That's just what's going to happen. I feel more confident uh, in them getting to AFC title games each of these years. But I will say, with the playoff format changing, with only getting one one team getting one bye week, there's there's no uh, top two seeds getting the automatic bye. That does lead to some wackiness, and, and we saw we see how easy it is this year uh, to not have a bye week. Without that miracle in Miami, Kansas City plays one more playoff game. And who knows what happens in that playoff game? You want to limit the amount of playoff football that you play, in my opinion. I know that we love to watch it, but there is so much that can happen in a one-off sample size that you just want to avoid at all costs. And I'm not sure in the regular season if this team can always avoid that first round because things happen. Mahomes gets hurt for a couple weeks and you lose a couple games and you fall in the standings. So that's my concern, really, is having to play that extra playoff game.
1: Yeah, and again, we got to take into account, I do think the Ravens are an extremely good football team. I do think that the Houston Texans, as long as they have Deshaun Watson, they'll be a pretty good football team. Uh, if the Bills and Josh Allen decide to take a step forward, that defense alone makes them a pretty good football team. While the Chiefs, I do think, are the best team in the AFC, stuff happens. Like you said, I even take injuries out of the equation. We, we saw a couple of times where – the offense sputtered on occasion. Um, a couple games come to mind. I believe the first game against the Texans, uh, that uh, was it the, the Colts game. I mean, Mahomes played that game, right? I mean, I know he was kind of banged up, but uh, I think it was, I like they only put up 13 points. Um, you know, it's the NFL. Stuff happened. to that would have happened in a playoff game, you know, you're, you're not going all the way. That could be a first-round exit. If the Chiefs don't come back from 24 nothing to make this historic comeback, You know, I don't know if you can make a historic comeback every single season. I mean, again, I don't think they're going to go down 24-0 every single year. But, again, you know, that historic comeback probably isn't going to happen every single time. So, I'm kind of trying to go by the realistic baselines here.
2: Exactly. I mean, can can you – I know that we've seen it with Kansas City. I I know we've seen the comebacks over and over again. That's not something you can bank on. That's not something you can duplicate. And this team's good enough to not have to do that. I'm I'm not saying – that they're exactly the Royals who needed magic to win. But randomness happens, and so in these four years, two Super Bowls seems realistic. Uh, I don't think it's cocky, honestly. I mean, it's not impossible. They're building a dynasty. They, they've purposely locked up these guys up for the next window here of opportunity to win, and, and they're going to win. They're going to win a lot of games. And I, I think what we're struggling with around Kansas City is, is just shifting your mindset from – wow, this is awesome, and then shifting your expectations. Uh, because it is – I'm, I'm going to be honest for myself, if you are waiting a little bit for that other shoe to drop, it just seems way too good to be true. But two Super Bowls in these four years would be awesome, and I think it is realistic.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't think it's like the Royals where you had to sell everyone off and you, you knew that was coming. Like the Royals, you knew that window was closing. It was a matter of time. With the Chiefs, you don't see until Mahomes retires – you don't see that window closing.
2: I mean, how and again with the Royals, how many how many elite guys did they have? How many guys would other MLB teams just love to have? They they were a group that won specifically together. I mean, you ten times out of ten, you're not going to get Jason Vargas, you're not going to get Jeremy Guthrie, you're not going to get Essen Volquez, like performing to their peak ability. This team in Kansas City with the Chiefs, they have elite superstars at almost every single position and they have the best head coach in the NFL they have the best quarterback in the NFL they have what you need to win where it isn't fluky but football is also a sport of flukes so we'll see but but I think they both agree with two Super Bowls
1: and they probably had last year the season they won the Super Bowl about the second most injured team you could possibly have while still Mm -hmm. um you know maintain I mean outside of the Eagles where I think the Eagles you could probably, probably just easily say okay the Eagles are the most banged up team but then you look to the to the Chiefs you lose Mahomes you lose Chris Jones you lose Swartz you lose Fisher at times you know you lose Tyree Kill there this, this Chiefs team this Chief Juan Thornell, that Chiefs team was extremely banged up and they still got it done so he, I'm taking into account fluke injuries even in this I I say even if guys like Travis Kelsey Tyree Kill because those guys will miss games in a season it just happens you're going to miss games here and there uh, I don't care who you are it's football you can never plan on injuries, but injuries are part of the game. You can't say, oh, my gosh, you know, they would be so good if this didn't happen. No, because the Chiefs did make it happen with injuries, so you can't use injuries as an excuse going forward, at least at least to me.
2: So let's let's stay in the four-year realm before we move on to ten years. How many years of elite Chris Jones are we going to get in, these, in this four-year stretch? Because I'm going to put it at three. I'm going to go four. For
1: Again, unless you take injury into account, uh, if he's not injured, you're going Chris Jones for elite years. He's not going to be that old. He's not going to be washed up. Uh, this this defense seems to play to his strengths. He's versatile enough to play inside or outside if need be. Uh, you know, if you want to give, you, you know, some more run stoppers in the middle and Pinnell and, you know, Colin Saunders and Derek Nottie, he's too versatile. He he gets it done. That motor is huge and playing a log sign, Frank Clark and hoping the emergence of either TK or one of the other guys I, I just mentioned will open it up even more for him. So I expect all four years to he's going to be top three D tackle or top three in this position. I think for the next four seasons.
2: I, I totally can see that. And I don't think that that's a Homer take. I don't think that that's an outlandish take. I'm just accounting for the position. I mean, defensive line we talked about it last week every single snap they're getting into a car crash and I just don't see how you can do that time and time again for a four-year stretch and remain an elite level and he could very well do it Aaron but Donald he could Cox. very well do it for sure but yeah. I, I'm gonna count on three years with Chris Jones because we have seen some nagging injuries and it's not his fault we talked about that last week as well you can't call him injury prone, prone because of the injuries he did have but I think in football it's always it's always better to to bet to bet uh, with the injuries and factor that in and then be p- pleasantly surprised on that year four if he's still elite.
1: that's fair, and again, there I would say a guy who could say made that fall from elite to very good is in sue uh, and Sue was a guy you'd probably say who was at the top of the of the game, and then all of a sudden he went from it from elite to probably i'd say very good. he still puts up numbers, but not to the quite not to the extent he once was. I know it's a slightly different position, but still similar as far as interior defense alignment. You know, Dontari Poe. Think mm-hmm. of Dontari Poe. He was an elite player for um, until, what, five years, even probably the year after he left. And then after that, he kind of took a relatively steep decline. Still good, but not to the same extent. Uh, Sheldon Richardson. You know, there, there are guys out there who were elite and then fell off a little bit who are still very good. And if that happened to Chris Jones, you're probably still going to be happy with that production now.
2: Yeah, I think in year four, you're going you're gonna to love this contract still. Uh, but in the sense of elite, I do have some reservations about that fourth year. But let's shift over to the 10-year perspective of this. And with Mahomes, it's a fun topic. It, it's the best topic in football, is Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. How many MVPs will Mahomes have after this 10-year mark? Because I think Mahomes will fall into that LeBron category. Best player every single year. He should win the MVP every single year, but he'll lose the storyline. He'll lose the narrative that gets so many votes because LeBron should have way more MVPs than he currently has. I think that people just get simply tired of voting for Mahomes. They'll look for the next big story, the next big narrative. So I'm going to say he gets four more in these 10 years.
1: So I'm with you there. And as far as I think it's going to happen is the LeBron factor. You know, you, you almost get complacent. You get tired. You kind of want to – you almost want to reward someone else. You're, mm-hmm. you're so used to someone's greatness that you're like, you know what? We know he's this good. We know he's the best. But we want to reward someone else. I think it's going to happen. And I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if you only got two or three more MVPs based on this. Well, I think you'll look at the stats, you'll say well, Mahomes is obviously at the top. They'll say, well, you know what, let's give Deshaun Watson one. Or Let's give this up-and-comer quarterback one. Or, you know, I just feel like that's just going to happen where they're going to get tired of seeing Mahomes always at the top. And they're going to say, you know what, we know he's there. We all know this. But let's try to make someone else feel good for a change. And I just see that happening too many times.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think that he falls into the LeBron category. And the thing with Tom Brady too, he, he got that a little bit, but Mahomes at least makes highlight plays. He makes jaw dropping plays. Brady was just a good quarterback. I mean, he didn't make the jaw dropping amazing throws and that can benefit Mahomes to capture a little bit, uh, you know, some, some more MVPs I should say, but I do think they'll get fatigue by the time this 10 year run runs out and he'll get like four bringing his total up to five. That's still a a heck of a career uh, for Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but same question for Mahomes. Do, we can both agree he's going to be elite at the end of this 10 years, right? Barring a crazy broken leg or something, he's going to be elite in 10 years.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I think so. I think his game translates to that. He's already – I mean, yes, he's mobile. We, we, we've seen the run. We know about the run. But at <laughs> the same time, I, I, I think that's not his best part of his game. Yes, he's great outside of the pocket, but he doesn't get enough credit for staying inside the pocket. And I think his game will translate. His arm is his best feature. It's not his legs. It's not Lamar Jackson. You know, it wasn't Cam Newton. Mahomes is accurate. He's got a huge arm. He can stay in the pocket and still sling it and get it down there. So if he's 36, 37, maybe we do see him almost as the Tom Brady or the Philip Rivers, where you're almost a statue back there, but you have the arm strength and you gain the pocket presence. You gain all of these. you know, veteran factors that seemingly just comes with time, you know, he may be a different quarterback, but it'll still be that same elite quarterback. At least that's what it seems like to me.
2: So last question before we wrap up the contract talk, Mahomes, does he finish out this 10 year contract or do they cut it short and renegotiate? Cause I think that they're going to absolutely renegotiate here in a few years. I, I don't think he gets to that 10th year before getting a new extension.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I I think he's in Kansas City until he retires. But Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be on a different contract. I I think, again, maybe maybe it'll go six years. After six years, they go either we want to do right by you or he has an opt-out clause. There'll be something. Because if we expect them to win a couple more Super Bowls and if we do expect the CBA to rise drastically, uh, I do expect something to be done. To, to probably make Mahomes, again, the highest-paid quarterback. Because I think if the, if the things stay the same as they are now, while he'll be making a lot of money, if the CBA does increase, you could easily probably see three or four quarterbacks maybe over the top of him in six years. So I do think the contract will probably get renegotiated.
2: And I do think he's in Kansas City his entire career. I, I don't think this is a Patriot situation. This organization, from top to bottom, has bent over backwards for Mahomes, unlike what Tom Brady got in New England they're going to they're going to give him whatever he wants until the day he hangs it up I think
1: yeah yeah because even for the day in in New England Tom Brady seemingly was the guy taking the cuts and it wasn't the other way around it wasn't Tom Brady asking for more and the Patriots giving in it it was the Patriots saying "We'll, we'll go another way you take this 25 instead of the the 35 that you should be worth
2: so that's the contract talk it spanned it over two weeks it was really fun I'm really excited. You're really excited about the future of this team. But will this team be called the Chiefs in 10 years? The Redskins are making their name change prior to the season starting. They have a lot of problems going on in D.C., uh, which is a sad situation. You can go read about that in the Washington Post. But I ask you, Sterling, will the Chiefs be called the Chiefs at the end of this Mahomes contract?
1: Yes, I I sure hope so. I I mean, to be honest with you, I – again – I'm probably not the guy to ask. If a whole bunch of uh, Native Americans come out and say they feel uh, this is a derogatory term or they come out and say that they feel that this is, um, you, you know, maybe mocking or, or hurting their, their culture, then yes, by all means, change it. By the same time, we haven't heard this. I don't think, at least to my knowledge, we haven't heard this for the entire time the chiefs um, have been using the name. Uh, I could understand the Tomahawk Chop. You know, if you if, if they say come for the Tomahawk mm-hmm. Chop, maybe come for the uh, the drum or you, you know some some of that stuff. I understand, but as far as the name itself, I think at that point, if you come for the name Chiefs, you're coming for the for the name Braves. You're coming for Indians. Uh, I can understand logos or some of the um, the rituals per se, but if you come for the actual name itself, that's going to be a larger issue, a larger I think problem of. Well, then what will be okay, could you still use Cowboys? Because at that point, if you come for Indians, you're probably coming for Cowboys. Um, you know, I, I, I sure hope that uh, some nuance co- goes into this, but I do think the Chiefs would stay. What, what, what do
2: you think? So if I had to predict, I, I think that what you – you hit the nail on the head whenever you said that the chop. I, I think that they're going to slowly start their best to eliminate the chop and to phase that out of Chiefs' phantom. And it'll take some time. I mean, you're not going to show up at the at Stadium next year and just forget to do the chop. Even if it's not prompted, it's just going to happen. It's what you've done your entire life, but they'll slowly phase that out of the fandom and get the chop out of there. The same way the Braves have tried to do in recent years, but, but the Braves, they eliminated it and brought it back and then eliminated it and they're bringing it back. And then now they're going to end it again. The Braves have been wishy-washy, but I think that the chiefs will slowly end the chop and slowly end the drum. And, and I think they've already eliminated the, the horse. I think that runs across across the field. They're used to uh, early on, but I think that the name stays though. I think that Chiefs, uh, of course, I know all of you are screaming at your listening devices right now talking about how it's named that. It's not named after Native Americans, but let's face it, that's what you associate it with. I think that Chiefs, if you cannot use that as a way to honor a heritage and to keep a heritage alive, I'm not sure what you can do. I'm not sure what would be allowed outside of just animal names like bears and eagles
1: but (laughs) are you taking away you know ceo are you taking away you know chief executive officer and all that you know again i understand redskins but this i feel like is getting over the top at least to me
2: yeah i understand redskins and indians Uh, i i would struggle with taking away chiefs but on the same token i'm a fan of the kansas city football team so if they're called the Kansas City Wasps, which I saw got, get thrown out there, I actually really like that name you know, with, with, the, with the tie into to uh, the Super Bowl. But I'll still be rooting for whatever football team is in Kansas City. But I do think that this is something we're not going to deal with in Kansas City. I don't think anyone will come and attack the Chiefs name or want the Chiefs name changed. I think the only thing that you have to quote-unquote worry about is the chop. If you love doing the chop, I think that there's a good chance in 10 years that is phased out of the chiefs fandom and it's phased out of of their marketing and their branding of themselves. But the, the name I think does say for, for the reasons of, you know, it's not technically named after native Americans. And if that's not honoring heritage, you know, I'm not sure what is, I mean, living in Oklahoma, living where native Americans are frequently found and, and we have two high schools named the Redskins in Oklahoma. I'm not sure what could be honoring a heritage more than Chiefs and I would hate to see Chiefs getting taken away not because I'm a Chiefs fan but as someone who knows a ton of Native Americans and talks to them and, and my sister is going to marry a Native American I think that it would be a shame if their entire culture which is already starting to get wiped off the map even in Oklahoma where it, it should be prevalent uh, would be totally gone in terms of marketing and in terms of uh, you know nationally getting remembered for for you know, again, their heritage. I think that Chiefs is a nice way to honor them, and it's not a racial slur like Redskins. It's not something like the Indians and in the goofy cartoon of Chief Wahoo. Well, they took I, I away think that. Chiefs are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But for me, and again, the Tomahawk Chop, it's going to be, it's going to suck. You know, once that ends, because I think it's something fun. It's something that I don't think people obviously don't think of it as a, um, you know, a, a racial thing or you know, trying to, you know, make fun of Indians or Native Americans by any means. But, again, if if that's how they feel, respect the wishes. Think of Gary Glitter. And remember after every touchdown, they played Gary Glitter Rock and Roll Part 2. And, you know, we're going to beat the hell out of you. You know, that sucks. And even to this day, I feel like it's still one of those things where you take away that song, but you can still play Michael Jackson, which is a whole nother discussion. (laughs) But, but, you know, eventually it kind of got phased out. You remember it, but, you know, when was the last time you really heard that? When was the last time? At a Chiefs game, you heard everyone go, we're going to be the hell out of you, because you don't have the song anymore. So I think it's, the, the shop would probably go by the, the, the same way, where it sucks the first few seasons, and then slowly and slowly, it, it just kind of goes away, and you kind of don't think about it anymore.
2: Yeah, and I think we can both agree, we're not going to be sitting on this podcast in 10 years if this name gets changed complaining about it. I, I don't think it'll get changed. I don't think that anyone will want it to be changed or demand it to be changed. But if it is, okay, we'll move on and, and call them the Kansas City, whatever. They're the Kansas City Ribbacks. I don't know what they're going to be called. Uh, but we'll root for the team. We'll root for Mahomes. We'll root for whoever's the head coach at that point, And we'll move on. I mean, at the end of the day, it's pretty much just laundry.
1: Yeah, as long as that the, uh, the Chiefs football team itself is good and it's fun and Mahomes is still here, I'll be okay.
2: And it's in Kansas City of course don't yeah, don't yeah. move anywhere there I'm you go the Rams did there
1: you go yeah as long as it's still I'll take that back I even go a step back as long as Kansas City is still in Kansas City the chief or the chief of their name is still in Kansas City I'll be okay
2: absolutely so moving on to some actual football talk the Cowboys did not sign Dak Prescott we saw our franchise quarterback get signed the Cowboys are pretty much still wishy-washy on Dak and this reminds me a ton of the Kirk Cousins situation He's going to play this year under the tag. He can be tagged again next year, but his brother says, hey, the bridges are burned. We see what you view you know, Dak as, and, and, and they're really upset, apparently, in Dak's camp. I think that he's going to play under the tag again next year, and then he'll get priced out of Dallas' market. Dallas will not value him uh, at, that, at that price point that he gets in the open market, the same way the Redskins or the Washington football team, excuse me, didn't value Kirk Cousins. Would you pay Dak Prescott?
1: No, (laughs) no, I wouldn't. I to be honest, I I think he should have taken the money and run a long time ago. I think the Cowboys, I think both teams can be in the wrong here. Uh, Mm -hmm. I personally think that the Cowboys should have signed Dak Prescott the year before. You should have started giving him more money and more. But the fact that he wants to get paid from like all accounts, you know, like he's some elite guy, it's asinine. I mean, it truly is just because Jared Goff got completely overpaid. And by the way, he still at least took him to his Super Bowl, even though he is completely overpaid. We all know Jared Goff's not that good. doesn't matter. Dak, you went 8-8. Eight and eight. You couldn't make the playoffs. Carson Wentz is throwing the backup, wide receiver, backup quarterback as wide receivers, and he carries that team to a playoff appearance. You know, say what you will about Carson Wentz and the injuries, and, oh, he didn't win the Super Bowl because Nick Foles, you know, saved the day. Sure, that's fine. But he was still an MVP candidate, you know, during his time, during that healthy season. So. I just don't understand the Dak love. I do think he is a top 12 quarterback. He probably falls for me around that 9 to 12 quarterback range. I personally think for a one-year sample size, I would take Kirk Cousins over Dak Prescott. I just don't see where he thinks his value is coming from. He had an obviously outstanding individual season, but he had a very good team down in Dallas. That was a very good team, and you go 8 and 8. Those, that, that means you're getting a lot of garbage time numbers. You're, you're, you're pulling to Blake Bortles when, when he was getting all those garbage time numbers in Jacksonville. doesn't mean anything. So that's where I stand on Dak. I think he should have signed a contract a while ago. I think Jerry Jones is going to say, you know what, screw it. You know, we don't value him at this. Jerry Jones is a master negotiator. I, I think he's done. I, I don't even know if he gets the, the franchise tag next year. I think he may uh, not even get that.
2: I think that Dak's a marketable Kirk Cousins. He plays for the Cowboys, so that makes you marketable. He has a good story attached to him. But whatever you feel sitting at home right now about Kirk Cousins, that's how you should feel about Dak Prescott. They have the exact same career path, the exact same storylines story around them. Kirk Cousins got the Redskins to one playoff appearance, was terrible in that playoff appearance, and the, he wanted to get paid a ton of money. The Redskins, The Washington football team did not want to pay him a ton of money. Got tagged twice. See you later. He's in Minnesota. And he's been what we thought he was, an average quarterback that can at times get you to the postseason, but nothing more. He's not a contending quarterback. He's got a a
1: couple of wins, though. Kirk Cousins, he's got a couple big playoff wins over the Saints. And the difference is he played on a bad Washington team. What about this Dallas team? This Dallas team had the top offensive line. You bring in Amari Cooper. You have a top three running back. You have supposedly a solid defense. Say what you will about uh, the, the trash head coach. Deshaun Watson is doing it with Bill O'Brien. I'm t- I just feel like I'm tired of all the excuses for Dak Prescott, it, it, just to me. I, I'm tired of the, of the Dak Prescott's, uh, oh, well, well, this, this, and this. It's like he's fine. He's a fine quarterback. But I, I just don't think Dak Prescott is anything. He's not making the team better. He, he's not some guy that you're going to go out and say, Dak Prescott's going to win me some ball games. I think Kirk Cousins at least has some, he could win you a ball game here and there. I don't think Dak Prescott has that.
2: Yeah, I think that they're pretty much, I mean, Kirk in in Washington, of course, had a bad head coach, same way Dak did. Uh, and, And the Cowboys are ready to win a Super Bowl with a better quarterback. So that's a huge knock against Dak. But Kirk had, you know, a good offensive line. He had... Alfred Morris, who's playing well at the time. Pierre Garçon, and his, you know, playing well. well. You're, you're Sean not- Jackson, Jordan Reed wasn't hurt. He, he did have some pieces. Now, Dak still has a way better team around him. But Kirk Cousins was, was just – he wasn't a winner. And, and I hate that terminology. But he always did something at the end of those games to lose the game for Washington. He, he would throw a bad pass. He would take a knee – instead of spiking the football for god's sakes he took a knee instead of spiking the football and you remember that game against the eagles that that was a prime time game on saturday night football that could have got the redskins back to the playoffs and he blew it and then that's what they are they're good fine quarterbacks that under the right circumstances with, with with the the saints going in there being the better team and not playing well you can upset the saints that's what these quarterbacks are they're going to in the right circumstance, win a playoff game, but they're not going to be someone who can get you over the hump. You're going to need to build an incredible team around them, and that still might not be enough.
1: Well, that's fair. That's completely fine. First off, you're not going to say Alfred Morris is better than Zeke, but I'll just say this. While, yes, Kirk Cousins has those moments, he's seemingly gone by them a little bit, in the, at least in recent memory. If you're looking at Dallas, that Dallas team, like you said, was built. For a Super Bowl. That that team had a lot of great pieces.
2: And what did they do? Not even make the playoffs. So And and another knock was what you mentioned too. The Eagles were falling apart. They handed the Eagles a division. The Eagles were not good enough to take it. And not by their own merit, of course, by the fact that the Eagles were just so banged up and they still won that division. I mean, the the NFC East has been a mess.
1: Well, that's my point of Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is a guy that actually makes his team better. I don't think Dak Prescott does. And I think Dak Dak thinks he's better than Carson Wentz. I understand him being better than Jared Goff. I do. I do think Dak Prescott is better than Jared Goff. The only problem is Goff got paid. He went to the Super Bowl. You know, only the Rams were going to pay Goff that money. And he got it. And and just because the Rams made a terrible business decision doesn't mean that the Dallas Cowboys are going to make a terrible business decision on you.
2: Yeah, the NFL is not going to double down on what they do with Jared Goff. I I think that... Kirk is a good quarterback. Is a better quarterback than Dak, but I I put them on the exact same plane, and that and I think that that's how this story is going to pan out. Maybe Dak doesn't get that second franchise tag the same way Kirk did from Washington, but I view their stories continuing to follow the exact same path. One of them just happens to be marketable, and the other one is Kirk Cousins. But <laughs> moving on to some more NFL news, Cam Newton signed in New England while we were on hiatus. Does this change your outlook for the Patriots? I think that I think that. In people's minds, they just automatically revert back to the last time Cam Newton was good and not the last time Cam Newton played football. And I know he was hurt, and maybe now he can be healthy, but he's a big guy. He's a mobile guy, and you don't just snap snap your fingers and return to a fully healthy form on a foot injury for a guy that's Cam Newton's size and wants to do, wants to play in his play style. For me, I think that he's a better fit, possibly, than a, a Jarrett Stidham. But the win total, I I don't think, changes all that much until Cam Newton can prove he is fully healthy, and I'm not sure he can.
1: Yeah, so for me, I think the floor stays about the same. If if Cam Newton is a Cam Newton of not 2015, but a Cam Newton of what we last saw, you know, that defense is still going to be the best part of that team. You know, I, I don't think that that really changes anything. It doesn't move the needle. And that's probably 80% of where I am. 80% of me goes, you know what, Sterling, take a step back. This is just Cam Newton of of recent, not Cam Newton of 2015. 80% of me thinks that, and this does not move the needle. But there's 20% of me that goes, wow, this really raises their ceiling. And if Cam Newton can recreate any of that 2015 magic, we'll look out. Because he is a good runner. He is a lot more mobile than Tom Brady was. While he's not going to be as accurate, I think it'll probably stretch the, uh, stretch the field a little bit more, maybe be a little bit more risky. Uh, that defense still is extremely good. And you add a, a multi a multifaceted game to New England's offense. You know, Bill Belichick is an outstanding head coach. He'll use Cam Newton to the best of his abilities. 20% of me thinks, wow, they could be, you know, a contender. But th- that, that's the internal struggle I'm having is until we see Cam play, we really have no idea what to expect.
2: I like the floor and ceiling comparison. I'd say it raises the floor a little bit because of the fact that, look, he's not going to have the welcome to the NFL moment. We we both agree that Bill Belichick will squeeze whatever talent and production that Stidham or Cam Newton have. And when you do that, on top of getting a veteran like Cam Newton, who's not going to get shocked or shell-shocked by the NFL, who's not going to make those quote-unquote rookie mistakes or those first-year uh, mistakes whenever you're a first-year starter – that's going to raise their floor a little bit. You're not going to lose any games because of Cam Newton, which for Bill Belichick is pretty much all you need to do. Uh, so that plays into your you know, 20% factor there. But I will say that it would take a long shot for Cam Newton to reach that that ceiling. I think that at best, this New England team is third in the AFC. If everything goes perfectly and Cam Newton is perfect, this is the, the third best team in the AFC. Uh, but I think that it, it settles in you know, s- somewhere below that. I think that they – are going to be very competitive in that division because the division is a mess. But I don't see them being contenders unless Cam Newton truly is 2015, which I put that like a 5% chance that he's exactly what he was in 2015, uh, that good. I, I don't think that we're going to see that Cam Newton again, which is, which is sad because he was amazing and fun to watch uh, in that 2015 season.
1: Yeah. No, no. I, I don't mean the Patriots win the division. I, I still have the bills uh, ahead of the patch for right now. Uh, I'm ridiculous. I understand this. I, I know that people are going to rip on me. I like Josh Allen. I, I don't know why. And, yes, I saw that playoff game where he looked extremely scared, had no idea. It looked like he dropped acid and decided to go play football. I don't care. Josh Allen, to me, has some of the most upside I have seen in the NFL. He has the arm strength of a Patrick Mahomes. He has the running ability of that 2015 Cam Newton. He's never going to be as accurate as Mahomes is. He's never going to be as accurate as some of the top-end guys. It doesn't matter. If he can just cut back on some of the errant throws, Josh Allen, I think, could make this Bills, a, this Bills team extremely good. That defense is outstanding. I think Tredavious White is the second-best cornerback. You, you know, I really like this Bills team. I, I really, really do.
2: Yeah, I like the Bills a lot as well. I think that the Bills are the favorite right now, but, but I think that the ceiling for the Patriots is to win that division. But I, I would still, fight a bet right now, I would bet on the Bills to win it. Now, the NFL is canceling two preseason games, so that's two less opportunities to see Cam Newton before we get the regular season underway. Uh, Will there be a season this year to watch, Sterling?
1: I've gone back and forth in this so much. (laughs) I've gone back and forth. I I think the preseason games go down to one. Uh, I think regular season, uh, I, I think the best chance of it happening is it happening without fans. I truly think this is probably where I'm at now. I think that it's going to happen. I think there won't be fans, but I do think the season's going to happen. I think there's too much money in the line. I think the NFL can make money back from sponsors and putting sponsorships in the first few rows of the stands. Uh, I think if worse came to worse, they'll make the players wear those Oakley masks that have the ventilator or the respirator, whatever it's called, on them. The NFL and Goodell are going to find a way to make the NFL season happen, fans or not.
2: So I know the rosters are a lot bigger in football. I know the coaching staffs are a lot bigger in football. I think that we're going to have this answer on August 4th. Whatever the baseball, whatever happens in baseball will determine the outcome of football. Because baseball is not doing a bubble. They're traveling. Uh, while they're keeping it regionally traveled, uh, I'm not sure that matters, matters all too much. Uh, I think they're just doing that more so for convenience and getting more games played in the 60-game season. If they cannot do a regional travel schedule – in a 60 game season, if they cannot go off on, on baseball and that cannot go off without a hitch, then you can forget about football. If they can, if they can have this work, and I know it's only 60, you know, a 60 player pool, if, if they cannot have this work and they see huge cases of COVID and they're having to cancel the season or even delay the season or whatever, I don't see how football can work at that point. Because if baseball can't do it with 60 players, I don't see how football can do it with 75 players and coaching staffs. And trainers and whoever else you want to throw in there as needed personnel for each game. So I think that baseball will tell the tale of if you can play games and if the season can happen.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that for sure. I completely agree. I just think that if, even if baseball has a lot of hitches, the NFL is in a better position of waiting and seeing what went wrong and then, you know, reassessing and going from there. If they have to take out travel and you can only take a bus, you can't fly, or however they want to do it, you know, I think they'll find a way to make something happen.
2: I, and I think that you're right. There's, there's going to be no fans in the stands. I, I know that these teams are trying to sell you on, hey, you know, there's going to be 25% capacity. There's going to be 50% capacity. This season means too much for the NFL. This, you cannot lose an entire season. And unlike these sports, like we mentioned last week, you're not going to be put in a disposition by having no fans because your television, television product is that good. The, the tarp that you're going to be able to put on this, on the seats that you, like you were talking about with advertisers on the lower bowl, that's going to get you twice as much as fans are in the stands. That's the premium that they're going to put on those seats, in my opinion, to get that money back. And it's going to be well worth it for those advertisers. So, the NFL needs to play. It's not a baseball situation where these owners are going to be going back and forth between, ah, should we really play since we can't make, game, you know, can't make money at the gate. No, they're going to want to play. They're going to put a full court press on the play. Even if that means delaying the start from September 10th to, you know, the middle of September or the end of September, whatever they have to do, they're going to get it in. And with no fans though, I think that you're totally right on the no fans thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not that what I think too. I think we're on the same page
2: here. So Sterling, they can follow you on Twitter at KC. Hope you have a great week with your grandpa and, and enjoy your vacation, my man.
1: Thank you, man. Always appreciate it. A lot of fun.
2: You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland_Styles. underscore Styles. You can also check out Locked on Royals and Locked on Thunder if you're a Royals or a Thunder fan. Sterling, uh, what do you got going on?
1: Oh, man. I'm actually getting my real estate license right now. Fun fact for you. I'm wow. working on my real estate. That's what I do during quarantine. I figured, you know what? My mom does real estate right now. I'm pretty much stuck because of uh, the virus. Why not try and be productive? I, look at me,
2: turning a new leaf over here. Who would have thought? Productive Sterling over there. <laughs> productive
1: Sterling over here, yeah. That's my new mantra during uh, coronavirus.
2: <laughs> be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked. Uh, no, be good and be good to another. We'll see you next time on the EroDAC podcast. <laughs>